Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I am the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, otherwise known as TGIT. Woo! That would be, thank God it's Thursday. And I'm here again for another episode of Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the TGIT ABC lineup. That's Thursday nights. Well, you guys knew that because that's what T is in the <laughs> TGIT. And I bet you guys can tell from that perky giggle that you're hearing in the back, that guffawing chuckle that we all love so much. <laughs> that one of the best people on earth, one of the most fabulous actresses, amazing glamour puss, <laughs> amazing terrific singer, all round great gal. I'm paying her in chocolate. Bell <laughs> By the way, she is. <laughs> um, Bellamy Young, who's now Senator Melly Grant. Heck yeah, that's right, bring it. Oh, I hear the roar of the yeah, they are, of Can the I just say America is ready for you to be Senator. They're, are they? I think, are they really? I'm not sure that they are, but they're going to be. Melly's ready for her to be Belly's senator. Melly's damn yeah. ready, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I have to say that um, the great thing about Bellamy is you guys probably remember last podcast where we got wasted mm -hmm. on Hooch, which was, yeah, epic. and actually we're going to address the topic of Hooch in this very yeah. podcast because mm. this episode revolves very heavily around Hooch. Well, yes, in my mind, everyone does. Well, and in fact, Melly like, stashed it all over the closet, yes. so that, that's sort of good. But um, today, <laughs> Senator Melly, a.k.a. Bellamy, has gone a different route, and instead of getting me drunk, she's making me fat, which is also <laughs> really impressive. High, it's passing. It's it won't a sugar stay. High, it's all good. She's brought some delicious treats from her favorite bakery. M Cafe. M Cafe. Mm, which for the all, vegans out which there. Which is delicious. And non-vegans. And vegan, and just so incredibly tasty. And she's bought a selection of sweets with their chocolate mm. truffles. Mm -hmm. There's these numsky little cupcakes. Mm -hmm. There's these sort of Linzer cookies, mm -hmm. which have jam in the center, delicious. and these two layers and then this incredible nut bar which is a sort of drizzled honey nut concoction on a beautiful little kind of short cakey thing that doesn't have butter obviously because nope. it's vegan but it's gonna sound great but in the you're gonna hear me snarfling that little mother down pretty shortly which is gonna be super entertaining for you guys i like it um so thanks blame so bucky. much bucky of course is my office mascot he is a a sort of stuffed ferret we're not really sure exactly what bucky <laughs> uh, okay. is okay yeah no but well, you know what bucky is bucky's filled with love that's bucky, right he's bucky a magical has, creature he, he is because he seems to sort of have a raccoon tail and a, <laughs> a little mysterious bit. body but I'm he's covered him now he's, he's covered with fur little button he has a spring where his body should be and he's always ready for adventure <laughs> and rather and I know plaintive this sounds look. really weird but he sits on a blanket in my office and it's a great test to see how quickly people will make contact with a strange thing but <laughs> hey that's me a psychology <laughs> student right um but we're here not to talk about bucky hey bucky we're here <laughs> to talk about the scandal episode paris is burning which yes. is episode 503 yes and Dude, this episode is so intense. The whole go round of what Olivia with the whole like, yeah, I'm the mistress thing, which is just a cluster poo of phenomenal clusterness. Like, yes. And you guys all ready for the interview. Yes. And the whole thing just blows to high heaven, Sweet right? Abby running down the hall, cute as she can be. By shoes the way, off. adorbs with the shoes running off. Running people, we're running people. Like just a scuttling little girl. Precious. And she goes running in and she, she breaks up Noah's big interview with you guys. It's a big moment. And Fun then, fact, we had had some sort of publicity something that weekend, and she had had an adorable coral pedicure, which is not quite Abby. Didn't know the shoes were coming off, so... I'm chewing, you guys. You can hear it. <laughs> I'm not even listening to what you're I saying. I'm really, really enjoying this. I so much. <laughs> I had a whole truffle, so I'm just going to be like, boing! But she'd had a pedicure. Yeah, she had this cute little totally Darby coral pedicure, but now it's featured in the episode. Okay, so whoever did the pedicure, you're... Your work has been Your seen on national television. <laughs> exactly. and congratulations, because her toes looked amazing. 
Other great thing for us, this episode, we had a new director, Jan Turner, who's never been with us uh, on Scandal Isn't before. Isn't she great? Oh, Betsy, it was one of the best creative experiences that I've ever had. That is so good to hear. Oh, I loved her so much and, and working, like the material's so rich. There's so many days that I drive to work and think, I may never, ever, ever get the chance to work on material this good. I am so blessed today. And this script was one of them. I had especially that beautiful scene with Carrie. I just had some material that was like, huh. oh, what? How did I get this lucky? And to, to be guided through it by her was, it was sublime. She is unbelievable. So I- Well, I'm gonna tell you every single inch of that is actually on screen. Cause that scene with you and Carrie is amazing. The scene with you and Tony is amazing on the Truman balcony as well. And it's also just the interaction, I think, with Cyrus in this episode Ooh, is yeah. like so intense. And this weird kind of alliance that the two of you have worked out yeah. now, yeah. where he yeah. clearly has his own agenda, but it's it, it's very kind of like rich and deep, which is the whole, what do you want? Yeah. You know, the whole sort of what do you want sequence and how everybody's got skin in the game, but it's virtually impossible to figure out who's got what skin. Mm. I also, I love that moment near the end when you're walking back in to do the interview and everything Cyrus is saying is kind of clicking in your head. Yeah. All of a sudden you think, wait a second, I'm being played. I'm when being... from our perspective as audience, we were like, this all seems sincere, but from Melly's perspective, who the heck knows? Because... Who knows? And golly, Cyrus is such a Satan in your ear. I mean, he Isn't really he? knows how to twist everybody to get to your weak spots. Yes, yes. He makes it just sound like the most logical thing in the world. And then you hear it later on, it gets in like a little earworm. It's fun for me to watch your scenes with Jeff now because you were always for so long you guys were you were adversaries in the White yeah. House. And now that you're sort of aligned in this weird unholy alliance, it's so much fun to us to watch. It must be so much fun to play a different dynamic than you've gotten a chance to play. It's unbelievable like to, to be in the ring with some of the actors that we have on this show. And Jeff is at the top. I mean, he's so present and raw and crazy and you never know what's gonna happen. And prepping a scene with him is a journey and doing a scene with him is a journey. You're always surprised. And that's the great thing I feel about all of our roles is that our writers never make us do the same thing week after week. We show up and we never know what function we're gonna serve in the narrative. And we always get to explore different relationships with the same people. Like I feel like Lizzie and Melly are gonna have a big karmic 180 this year. You know, like I've got, Melly has a lot of karma to like work off with Lizzie. And it's so, it's so much to look forward to. It is. You know, we, I can't tell you too much about it cause it happens in the future you guys, but we had a table read a while ago and there was a momentous moment for a character and the character looked gobsmacked and one of you guys immediately piped up and said, oh no, 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 this is totally normal. Everything changes and everything changes constantly. So constantly. don't be surprised That's right. because everything changes and constantly. And it'll change back, just it'll... ride the horse, exactly. stay on the horse. Exactly, it's the kind of recurring theme we always had of Josh Molina turning to the last page to see if he was <laughs> dead, <laughs> which was, golly Moses, that was always entertaining. <laughs> He's really, he's nothing if not reliable. Exactly, exactly. That we, part, he's got Portia in his, in his thrall Portia's now. now doing sort of a similar thing, uh -huh, which is just uh -huh. funny, and I look at her kind of going, it's fine, it's just you're getting to the end of the script, and the expression on her face sometimes <laughs> is just priceless, but she's got, she's got some good guides with you guys, I think, totally. I love our Portia so much. I know, she's just, she's seriously And just drier than dry. Oh, so dry. I love her. She's so kind, too. Yes. And, but at the same point, has a really good sense of humor about crap. So 
She just, she's super, super, super delightful. I, I just keep kind of wondering for Melly, the juggling of the whole Senate thing with this bombshell and the transformation yeah. of the relationship with Fitz. This is kind of game-changing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there have been other precipices, but I feel like she always felt they could come back from it. This is point of no return. So now we're in a new frontier. Like, I... She doesn't know what to even hope for, I don't think. And she's sort of clinging to her job, but he keeps messing that up too, you know? I mean, it really keeps, being his wife keeps eclipsing her potential. And so now she's got this opportunity for freedom, but it's sort of the worst news in the world, but also could be the best news in the world. But it's such a, oh, it's such a raw, vulnerable time for her. It's like, you know... Last year was Smelly Melly, this year was Lonely Melly. Even with Cyrus, I mean, she's burned so many bridges and now she's kicked out of the White House so no one has to be nice to her. So it's really a time of who does, who does she turn to? And you're willing to do such surprising things in desperate times. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch her because she's such a fighter and she'll get through it and she's not given to, except for last season, you know, sort of a self-indulgent sort of vapor fit. But she's, it's a, ooh, it's a barren plane. It sure feels like a barren plane and it must have been super weird in some ways to have, to do those scenes with Carrie. Yeah. Like on Melly's turf and it's no longer her turf. And yeah. that just struck me as super powerful because we've seen Olivia Pope in that closet before, but mm -hmm. she was picking up clothes and nobody mm -hmm. knew she was there. Mm -hmm. And this sort of import of her walking into that moment and you already being there and this sort of final frontier of confrontation, which is, you know, a person's castle, which is their closet. Yeah. I mean, to a large degree in the White House, that's sort of like the safety of what that closet is mm -hmm. and the fact that that's where your hooch was. That is and the that innermost, innermost. The relationship, I think, that is such a beautiful scene between the two of you because it's so vulnerable and it's so sort of raw and it's so true. For Melly, both what she's losing, but what she's given up. And also be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, you want to do this to a sister, like be careful what you wish for. You don't know the reality yet and it's hard. And it's, you're gonna, you don't understand what you're gonna have to give up. Don't judge me for what, what I gave up because you're not in this position. It was, a it was so beautifully written. Honestly, uh, I loved every every second of it. And I think also this year was so beautifully framed with the whole sort of Princess Diana narrative in terms of at what price is the fairy tale? Yeah, you love him. You love him, right? And and gosh, we're all pulling for you, but it's, it is a fairy tale. And what kind of carnage has to happen to make that survive or can it survive? It's such an interesting framework. I think it's an incredibly interesting framework. And it's also just that nothing is as it seems. You know, over and over again with the show, it just keeps coming back to nothing's as it seems to me. That everything always seems to be one way and then it turns. And the whole end of this episode, which is just so crazy balls that there's a whole new thing with Rowan. I mean, what the hell is that? Just I know, when I thought it was nowhere, done. Out of nowhere. Zoinks. Right? Yeah. I think it's, it's really fun that that's going that direction, but it also really leaves me going for the next episode. Where goes Melly? Like mm. what's the next step for Melly? Yeah. It's like when you have a beautiful crop year and then you got to burn it all to the ground and turn the soil over and see what you can possibly come out with next year. I mean, she's really at ground zero. It's all new. Were there any sort of like 
in all of the trauma, were there any fun, weird things that happened over the course of shooting the episode? Oh, my stars, it's all fun. I wish I'd be like, <laughs> oh, it was so difficult and we were so method. But we weren't. Like, there was uh, that closet day was a dance fest and a hoot. And I love it. I mean, I was crawling all over our set. Our sets are so beautiful. Corey Kaplan makes us such, and our whole team, they just overnight can make you such a beautiful room. You don't really even have to use your imagination because you're really in it. Oh, do you need to get that, Betsy? No, but that's my phone, you guys. Remember that we're living in a year, like a world where I'm doing a podcast and I can't mute my damn phone. So this way, at least you know that I actually have a job and I work for a living. Because the phone comes on every once in a while, just to remind you. <laughs> so you guys had, you, you had a dance party while that was going on yes, in the closet? Yes, and, and you know, it's like monkey bars in there. So there was a lot of um, physicality. Plus, anytime you want to stay sort of half drunk, you have to stay half loose. So that's true. a lot of laughing. It's a silly, wonderful job. We get to make pretend for a living. It's the best. I, I will say I got a little verklempt on the balcony with um, Sweet Little Tony. Cause I was like, it's the last time I'm gonna be on the balcony. Like really, <laughs> so like, like, you know, last day of senior year on that balcony. Oh. But, uh, but otherwise it was fun. Those scenes with Jeff, man, the negotiating, hilarious. Just the best. I mean, hilarious. And poor Cyrus, who really just wants his job back, and Fitz just tells him basically to shove it. Mm, right? And yeah. then, wow. We um, noticed an emphasis on high heels in this episode for some reason. Shoes seem to be a focal part of things. I don't oh, know why it's like Abby taking things off, but yeah. it was like... There um, was a big discussion, too, because um, Aramla, who was our writer on set, had envisioned that I would be barefoot in the closet. And I was like, no, because I'm sneaking in there. Like, we're on a timeline. I'm sneaking in there. I don't want to get caught. I'm looking for booze. Like, I'm in a hurry. I'm not going to make myself comfortable. And even though I'm climbing all over things, they're my things, damn it. And I'll step on them with my shoes if I want to step on them with my shoes. But I was really determined that I wanted to be barefoot on the balcony because that was the one that felt to me like, if this is my last moment, I'm doing it my way. Yeah, I love that. And luckily, I was able to persuade them to my side. <laughs> <laughs> But there's shoes on and off. It's interesting because it's like Abby starts with that. I just made a little thing of somebody running down a hallway with my, with my, with my with my little fingers. fingers, and you climbing the monkey bars with your heels on was yeah. like another. I think it's just for some reason this episode we're all like, look at the lady's feet. <laughs> well, which is as it you're should welcome be. welcome all the people out there that do like the footsies. That, that do like the foot scenes. <laughs> okay, so we've got a we've got a new thing because I don't know if you guys all know this, but this fabulous Scandal board game just came out. It's like a Scandal trivia game. Oh yeah. And it's um, available on Amazon.com. There you go. Shameless plug, right? <laughs> There's nothing to be ashamed of. I am just a shill for the man. See, look at this, or the woman, or the in woman. this case, who knows? Or but the show. But there's a great trivia game, which is a Scandal game. And I'm just gonna grab a couple of questions and okay, I'm going to ask Bellamy if she knows the answers. What I love is that there's a game piece with my face on it. There is a game piece with your face I on it. I look angry and haughty. You look sort of pissed <laughs> off and then there's a game piece with um, Fitz that's up there. He's brooding. So brooding Fitz. There was actually a, a line once, a sideline in the script once that said a brooding Fitz is a sexy Fitz. That's what he got you here. And Olivia looks sexy as always, but determined. She's very determined. You'll see. You're going to get the game. It's going to be awesome. It's like, uh, what you call it monopoly you get to go different places and move around dc opa union station white house okay so i'm gonna ask you a question eagle-eyed scandal fans may notice that fitz always wears his blank shirts when he's stressed out about olivia wow a yellow b army c navy or d turtleneck 
not D. We only wore those at Camp David. Never Army, because he didn't go there. I don't ever see him in yellow, so I'm going to say Navy. You are correct, little lady. <laughs> you are correct. Well done. <laughs> the what did I get? Uh, you get another I get question. <laughs> here's, a, here's a question about Melly. Oh, good. Do you want me to I ask you this question? I, I, I can't wait to not know this question. I'm so excited. <laughs> It's Bring multiple it. choice, which is good. Okay, good. It's like the okay. SATs. When Melly briefly moves out of the White House in A Woman Scorned, sure. what excuse does Cyrus give the American public? Oh. A, she's nursing Teddy through the chicken pox. B, she's receiving special medical attention. C, she's renovating the presidential bedroom. And D, she's having an allergic reaction to something in the White House. I think we blame Teddy. You it, did blame Teddy. Yeah, we threw him right under the bus. Teddy? Poor sweet Teddy. Teddy's God just grist for the publicity mill. Listen, you know, they got to earn their keep, those children. I'm telling you, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What, what is more? Fitzgerald Grant? Is there one about Betsy Beers? Ask me one about Betsy Beers. There, Betsy does not make it into the trivia game. Come on. Because I think Betsy works best in the shadows, much like <laughs> no. Jake or B613, right? <laughs> um, what's Fitzgerald Grant's middle name? Thomas. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Can I tell you that when we buried little Jerry, we got to the cemetery that day and they were burying Fitzgerald Thomas Grant III. And I was like, y'all, that's Tony. Yeah, it was on the tombstone and everything. <laughs> so we had to me? make a little patch of cardboard that said the fourth. And then I think they digitized it and made it look all pretty. But yeah, I was like, y'all, Tony's not dead. Oh my God. I know. I'm chewing in, you guys. I like this it. This is the biggest joke of a podcast because all I'm doing... <laughs> It's eating these damn things. They're so good. They're so delicious. We encourage you all to eat along with us. We do, because honestly, you know what? It's just all about health. And these are healthy snacks healthy. that are filled with deliciousness. Okay, so Janica from Janica wants to know, what do you think about Olivia and Fitz being public? Well, Janica, I'm going to tell you. Uh, well, me or Melly? All right, I'll say. I think Melly is her worst nightmare. I think she also just doesn't, she just cannot believe that that would, that she could become first lady and, you know, that Melly's place would be usurped. And I think she still believes that it's a short-term thing. Me, as a viewer, I think it's so interesting to watch, you know, if fairy tales can be real, you know, and if two people are willing to risk everything, even against all odds, if it can happen. I think that's that's a great answer. Um, Kimmy Gibbler. Lady Gladiator wants to know, you shadowed directors on Scandal. Have you always wanted to direct? Oh, Kimmy. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've always thought about theater because that's what I came up doing. But um, uh, I got to tell you, to watch some of our beautiful directors here on this fine TV show, it's like watching the most beautiful ballet in the world. They're so seamless and efficient and wise and creative, and it just makes you want to do it. And to be somewhere and be a part of a family that would support you as you learn to do it. Like watching Tom last for the finale last year. Kimmy, I learned so much. You know, you also always begin by learning how much you don't know. So that's also thrilling though. But Tom gave me a beautiful reading list and so I'm doing my homework and got to make a little short. But yes, yes, that's something I would love to do and hopefully we'll get the chance to one day. Um, Aquarius gal Kim says, what do you usually do to prepare for a really tough scene? Oh, Kim, it depends. Like crying scenes are hardest for me. I'm not a big crier. 
I cry when I'm happy. I'll say it that way. Man, like a McDonald's commercial and I'm melted. Like I can't even get through it. But so many people have died on me in my lifetime that I'm just, I get really pragmatic with the sadness. I'm like, let's plan the funeral. Who do I need to call? Like, where's the hospital? Like, yeah, I just get very like in it. Functional. So yeah. So a traditional female reaction to sadness takes a lot of work for me. And usually that's music. Music, uh, I have literally a list. What would I do without my telephone? I run my lines. I like learn my lines on my voice memo and I have a list of like songs that make me cry like no joke now when they come on my playlist I'll be like oh man that's the song I use when they shop fits or you know like little things like that they become they take on these other lives with you so I think the crying stuff is the stuff that's hardest the fighting seems to come more easily um <laughs> I don't know what that says about me but also you I mean I'm lucky because I'm in the company of great people who show up to do battle with you so if I'm gonna fight with Jeff or Tony or Carrie I know that it's all about just really prepping my words knowing everything like knowing the thoughts beyond the words obviously and then just getting in their eyes and being really mad at them and it took me a couple of seasons to be comfortable being really mad at them not you know until after a take be like I'm so sorry you okay but now I just love it and we go and we fight and it's awesome Nikki at O'Nickers wants to know, do you have a favorite guest star? O'Nickers, that is the cutest handle I have Isn't ever adorable? heard in my life. A favorite? Oh, how? How could I? Our Linda Lowy brings us the bestest people in the world. Greg Henry comes to mind because Hollis uh-huh. is everything. I loved I loved Verna, so I loved Deb Mooney. I loved our James. I love our Danny Bukatinsky. I mean, we've just had so many wonderful... I've loved Charlie every, every Charlie. time I sit across from him at a table read. Oh, my God. George, George Newburn. George can just underplay everything with such elan. It is absolutely, like, logic defined. I wouldn't know how to pick one. That's like, pick your favorite puppy. Yeah, I always say like one for every day of the week. One for every day of the year. And every people always ask me, like, who's your favorite character on the shows? I'm like, it, it all depends on the episode, and it all depends on how I'm feeling. Like, some days I super identify with Cyrus because I feel like the weight of the world's on my shoulders, or I'm kind of kick-ass, or I'm more like Olivia, or I'm fighting for my right to survive, so I identify more with your position, or as Melly's position, which is, I have a right to be here and shut the hell up. Yeah. Or Darby, who so beautifully plays Abby, but that, who do, who do I turn to next? feeling yeah. and it's like it's different every day it's that's what's great and same with all the other characters so it's it's always really interesting to think about but it's like kids they're all great and you don't really have favorites um what other Shondaland character do you think is most similar to Melly? Charlotte at 1999 Charlotte says. oh hey Charlotte oh I don't know I don't know how to answer that I don't either it's a hard one that's a great question who do you think Charlotte will you tweet it at me I don't know because you must have thought you must have thought of somebody it's making it sound like Melly is singular and never, you know, unprecedented in every way. But I don't mean it that way. I've gotten to play different stuff than I've seen before, and I love that. And, and I can't think. Help me think, Charlotte. So Gabrielle Marie at Gabs Gabs wants to know if you could choose an animal to describe Melly, what would it be and why? <gasps> Ooh, Gabs Gabs. And given the fact that you and I love animals so much, <laughs> I think this is an awesome <laughs> question. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Puma, because she, she's a large cat in the jungle, and she has to be alone a lot of the time and up a tree with her little legs hanging off. She's very comfortable, but she's very alone, and, but she's watching everything happen and waiting for her chance to leap. She's a strategist. She she conserves her energy, but man, when it's time, she springs and you're toast. <laughs> <laughs> but a very good mother. She's a very good mother. That's exactly what that kind of animal would be, I yes. think. That's my picture, right? Yes. 
Sydney at Sitster07 wants to know, will the bean ever make a cameo in Scandal? Oh, Sydney, I try every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep trying. I'm glad you're in my corner. Because I love my bean and I love number, my bean. There's a number of questions about the bean. I think the fantasy of Josephine Baker and the bean. <gasps> yes. Doing a scene would just be amazing to me. I think we should have a scene at the dog park. I think we should definitely have a scene at the dog park. Or I would love to see the Bean and Josephine Baker act out a scene from Scandal. That would make me incredibly happy. I can't even like with little believe that this bean. hasn't happened yet. And right? we could put Josie in a, in like a, a white, white trench and a white hat. <gasps> please okay, just, just, just please. Like now my head's exploding with joy. So you guys, you know, the weird thing is I think the cutest and funniest thing in the world is when you put a costume on a dog. Like I just do. I know it's terrible and most dogs hate it and I can't help it. Oh. One of my earliest gifts was somebody gave me a little TV set that would click through slides and there was a slide of two chihuahuas in lederhosen with beer steins. <laughs> and I swear to God, this changed my life, okay? It went from that to dogs playing poker, but that's a whole other story. So what's weird is like I just whenever I just start laughing when I think about this because I just it's something so adorable about it. So our dog Willie the dog, who's a, a bigger dog, he's you know like sixty pounds and he's very very gentle and he's very kind of low key and he's super cool. They're like alpha dogs and beta dogs and he's like a zeta. He's I have like, so many hopes about where the story's going. He's like so good. Okay, so I would never dress Willie up because I have oh. full full respect for Willie's dignity, even though sometimes not so dignified. So my husband and I are away on a trip. I don't know why I'm telling all you guys this, but I just thought. I love it was it. Adora balls. We're away on a trip and a really good friend of ours is watching Willie and we get Please, yes. we, we get photos of Willie at the <laughs> pet store dressed in a hot dog outfit. Yes! Bean has a hot dog outfit! And it's a really funny email because it's like we're, you know, unless you give us X, Y, and Z, Willie's going to have to wear the hot dog outfit. <laughs> and Willie really looks like, why the hell am I wearing a hot dog outfit? Because that's the way Willie talks. So I was just like, oh my God, take him out of the hot dog outfit. So we get home from the trip. We open the crate up to take Willie out and he's wearing a little tux. <laughs> They put a little tux top on him, which was like the best thing ever because it was Emmy night and he was wearing a tux for oh the Emmys. I know, I know. So just saying, you guys, I have a very complicated relationship to dressing animals up. And it's not so complicated. You like it and I, I, and I endorse it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. As a woman who has a Lancelot Lake secret chimp, the lunchbox. That's true. That's up. right. That's right. Okay. Sorry. I'll shut up. No. Um, Charlotte at 1999. That's your Charlotte other podcast you should do. It's just dogs dressed up just as people. Just dogs dressed up as people's Please. I could just do it all day long. Um, Charlotte in 1999. Charlotte wants to know, do you, are you going to do another album? Because she loves Far Away so much. Oh, Charlotte, thank you so much. That means the world to me, truly the world. I loved doing that album so much. And I'm getting physical copies made right now because I've been slow. I'm not, a, I'm not a gifted producer like our Betsy Pierce. It takes me You're a little busy a doing, time. oh, hold on, this thing called, wait, wait for it, acting on a show, which takes up gigantic amounts of time. It so does, but I, busy I, I'm doing my best. So I'm making physical copies of Far Away So Close and hope to promote it this fall because I haven't done a good job of that either been a bad mother to my album um <laughs> but gosh I hope I get to make more in the future yes yes I certainly hope so my best friend wants a um Christmas album as is my mother that would make them both very very happy Tori at Ferry Boat Bells wants to know what's your guilty pleasure when it comes to tv shows what do you Ooh, like to watch in your spare Tori. time when you're not working 
or not guilty? What do you just? I was like gonna to say watch? I'm not guilty about TV. Me In either. The I'm not. Least. I admit very openly everything I watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I don't care. Now sometimes if I'm feeling, if I do feel guilty, I'll pace around to pretend I'm putting steps on my Fitbit. You know, just like whatever. But I'll still watch <laughs> stuff. I just mainlined all of Transparent, and it was. I sat down to watch one episode because I have a friend in it, and I was like, I need to watch an episode. And I didn't stand up until I watched all ten because it was, it was such an important story, so beautifully and personally told. Loved it so much. But uh, in terms of what do I tape and sit down, I must tape and sit down and watch Project Runway, even though it competes with us. So I'm going to stay up too late on Thursday after I talk to everybody, and I'm going to watch me some Project Runway, always. John Oliver, I don't ever miss John Oliver's show. It cracks me up so hard. Right now I'm watching Project Greenlight, even though it's really sort of terrifying me. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm sweating right now thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, so conflict-averse. Like, I'm like, she, she, she actually is. I can't take conflict. I just can't. But the voice, I got to say, I really enjoy the voice. Like They're the voice. so positive and great and that's one there for example if I could just watch the voice before I have to do a sad scene I, I'd be aces because people's dreams coming true I cry like I've lost my whole mind I have to watch it alone I'm just like <gasps> yeah just lost lost best. love it final question for you Rhiannon at Exocatic wants, I think this is a really nice question, which is many of the things you say inspire the fans. Do you ever feel inspired by the things the fans say to you? Oh, re, yes, constantly. And I know who I'm talking to. I can't believe we live in a time we can have such personal interaction with folks. And you know that it means the world to us to get to do these jobs. We know how lucky we are to, to be the people that got chosen to go on this ride. And none of us is any more special than anybody else in the world or on the planet. And that people listen to what we say is kind and definitely it's an open-hearted big-hearted bunch of people so we try and stay positive and stay grateful but it all is fueled by how kind and generous and loving and beautiful and creative and inspiring you guys are and I read all those tweets I never I'm I'm always behind. I know I'm always behind. I'm a Pisces. I'm late. I'll be late to everything. I'll be late to my own funeral, as my mother always said. But I read them all, and they just mean the world. And the kindness is overwhelming, but also it fills you up. It gets you through. Yeah, you guys are more than heard. You are appreciated beyond words. And you're, of course, you know this. The only reason we're here, because you guys tweeting with us is the only reason they let us have a second season and let us have a good stab at this show that now, you know, our brilliant writers have made such a beautiful thing of. But uh, you're the reason, Re, and I love you, and I love all our beautiful gladiators. Well, see, that was such a nice way to end. And thank you guys also for these questions. I know I'm really crappy about answering anybody, but um, every once in a while I tweet every 16 years. And I <laughs> hope with those tweets that you understand exactly how much we appreciate you and how, how nice it is to come and do this podcast and have such intelligent and fun and creative questions that people, I think, really sincerely want to hear answers to from you. So I was going to say, it's, it's amazing that people are really actively listening, and it is a joy to actively listen right back. Oh, exactly. I mean, I think and Betsy, feel the same way. If we, if I can put in a request, I think that your new Twitter meme should just be dogs dressed up like people. <laughs> I think once I a might, day, I'm, once a week. We're not asking much. I might have to just dig up photo of a chihuahua in Lederhosen and put it on up there. At the very least. At the very least. Maybe someday, maybe someday Willie and his his tux may make it too. (gasps) 
There might be photographic evidence. There might be 50,000 I have to consult because Willie gives um, photo approval. I like that. I respect that. Which is very, very important. Well, he's the son of a producer. He is. And it's we've we got to get the legal all set up. You know, it's all true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bell. I love you, Thank you for this sweet. Uh, this is so great. This was so much fun. You played the scandal game. Woo! You got everything right. Um, next time on Grey's Anatomy, the, the episode's called Old Time Rock and Roll. It's yet another fantastic brand new episode of television that you do not want to miss. And that's Thursday, October 15th from 8 to 9 p.m. on ABC. Scandal, the episode is called Dog Whistle Politics. You have to tune in live to see what the heck's going to happen. Yeah, that's a good Olivia one. Pope, now that she's publicly known as the president's side piece. As yeah, and something new Alyssa. happens. There's some something new there. Uh, let's just say um, shizzle gets real. The shizzle gets real. <laughs> Thursday, October 15th from 9 to 10 p.m. on ABC. And on How to Get Away with Murder, same night, October 15th, 10 to 11 on ABC. Maybe my favorite title is... Close to my favorite title in the history of titles, Skanks Get Shanked. <gasps> oh no, that's terrible. Skanks Get Shanked. No. And when you see the episode, it will all make so much sense. Try not to miss it because it makes a lot of sense. And also there's some really crucial, very large things that happen this episode. Oh. So if you're following the How to Get Away with Murder, stay up. Have a little caffeine if you're feeling dozy after scandal because I know it's a big <laughs> emotional experience. But then, but it kind of, you know, you have a little a little beverage and maybe a delicious sweet vegan biscuit like delicious, I'm doing. Delicious. Carbo load. That's can, our good It's, gonna be, our it's good all going to be good. Thank you for following all of our Shondaland shows on various social platforms and for getting caught up or rewatching on ABC.com or the Watch ABC app. And don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland. I'm in many thanks to EW for also putting our podcast up after our broadcast. You know what? I'm going to be back next week with another one of these podcasts with um, yet another willing victim. This is Betsy Beers, Shondaland Revealed, saying goodbye. Have a great week. Oh, and I forgot to tell you what Bellamy's wearing. So before we go, you guys, it's a super cute jumpsuit and it's blue and it's black and she's wearing these cute little black flats and her nails are painted a burgundy color and she looks phenomenal. So you can take that with you as I'm signing off. This is me (laughs) saying goodbye and I really mean it this time. I'll be back next week. Bye-bye.